Hey, Woodland Church, how you guys doing on this beautiful day? You know, God, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're awake and ready to go. I mean, it's been an amazing weekend of life change at Woodland Church. We've been looking at a series here based on the Lord's Prayer, specifically based on the part of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9, where Jesus says, this is how you should pray. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, when we pray, we're touching heaven, and we're asking the king of heaven to bring some heaven to earth in our lives. And we have the peace of heaven, the healing of heaven, the blessings of heaven, just within our reach. The problem is we often let everything here on earth crowd out heaven in our lives. And sometimes you have to fight through a crowd of distractions in order to touch heaven. Have you ever fought through a crowd to do something that you really wanted or to get something that you really wanted? And just recently, one of our friends gave Chris and I two tickets to Game 7 of the World Series, and we thought, should we watch it on television? Should we fight through the crowd? I said, this is worth fighting through the crowd for Game 7 of the World Series, a chance maybe to cheer our Astros on to another World Series victory, and so we drove downtown, fought the traffic, and we fought through the crowd going through the security. We got into Minute Maid Park, and it was standing room only, this huge crowd. It was hard to make your way through the crowd to get to our seats, and we sat down, and the crowd was so loud. It was so exciting. It was a fun crowd. I mean, a really fun crowd when the Astros were winning two to nothing. It was so fun. I mean, I was slapping high fives with drunk strangers, you know, and it was like, yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, you're awesome. I mean, we were just having so much fun. And then in the seventh inning, I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, I'm going to hurry, Chris, to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I got up, I went out, and I saw that the line for the men's restroom was three or four blocks around the concourse. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's supposed to be the women's restroom line. This is crazy. What's going on here? No, the place was just so crowded. And, and then I went to... Another men's room to see, it was the same thing. But that was the line I had to fight through. I had no choice, it was a necessity. So I waited in line for what seemed like forever. When I finally came out of the bathroom, the Astros were losing three to two. And it wasn't a fun crowd anymore. I mean, you have to understand, folks, uh, when you're at a ball game or any sporting event and people around you know that you're a pastor, when your team gets behind, they start looking at you like you're causing it, that it's your fault, you know? Start saying things like, hey, preach, you're not praying hard enough? Uh, that's real funny. Thanks. Thanks, man. You're a drunk stranger. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, hey, preacher, you know, I thought you had a direct line to God. You know, that's the big guy upstairs not listening. Pray a little harder, preacher. I mean, seriously, when you're a pastor and people know you're a pastor at sporting events, your team gets behind, they look at you like you caused the whole thing. And what's your problem? You know, it's like, hey, I don't know. Maybe the pastors in Washington, D.C. are praying harder than me. I don't know, okay? I don't know if God cares about baseball or not. But we had so much fun. And even though our beloved Astros didn't win this year, it was definitely a crazy crowd worth fighting through. But some crowds just aren't worth fighting through. Some people fight through a crowd for ridiculous reasons. I mean, Black Friday's coming up in a few weeks, and there'll be people who camp out in front of department stores all night long to wait in a crowd to burst through the doors when they open first thing in the morning and fight someone else for a flat-screen television. That's ridiculous. Some people 
fight through crowds for ridiculous reasons. In fact, this week, I just read where there were crowds of people lined up in front of singer Chris Brown's mansion just to be able to get into his gates for what he advertised on social media as a yard sale where he was selling a lot of his secondhand clothes. And there were some of his fans who couldn't afford those high-end hand-me-downs that he had there at the yard sale, but they just were going through because they were curious and they just wanted to get a glimpse and maybe even touch some of the singer's designer clothes or sneakers. And I think, that's crazy. I mean, in our celebrity-obsessed culture, there are some people that will actually fight through crowds just to touch some shoes. But today we're gonna look at a woman who fought through a crowd so that she could touch heaven. And she touched heaven and it changed her for eternity. I want you to know it's worth fighting through anything you've got to fight through. Fight through all the crowded distractions that come into your life. Fight through a crowd of lies. Fight through a crowd of fears to touch heaven. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke because here we see this miracle that takes place as heaven comes to earth. And many people didn't even recognize it. Just the woman in Jesus at first as heaven came to earth. And would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodland Church? And I want to welcome all you guys worshiping with us through our broadcast ministry around the world, through our online ministry. Uh, we're one church. Wherever you are, we're one church. And every one of you guys at Woodland Church at Tascacita and Woodland Church North Point, you know, we love our churches and what God is doing through our satellite campuses. And so just follow along with me. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. King of kings and king of the universe, we thank you that we can come to you and call you father. So daddy God, we ask you to bring some heaven to earth today in this place, as only you can. We pray for the blessings of heaven to come to earth, Lord, in the hearts and lives of everyone within the sound of my voice. We pray for the healing of heaven to come into our lives. We pray for the hope of heaven, Lord, and we just pray that you would bring the peace of heaven into our hearts. I pray that you would bring the healing of heaven into relationships and families, into bodies, into emotions. We just pray, King Almighty, Daddy God, that you would just do something in the next few moments in our lives in which we'll look back and say we were never the same again. And only you can do that, Lord. We thank you that this is a place where lives get changed because you're real, God. So make yourself real to everyone within the sound of my voice. Let them know that you're right there and they can touch heaven today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and I want you to see that heaven came to earth 2,000 years ago, and his name was Jesus Christ. And this woman reached out and touched heaven and she received heaven's healing. And she experienced the power to overcome her greatest problem. But realize this, 
Heaven is here right now. Jesus Christ is here through his Holy Spirit and you can reach out and you can touch heaven right now and you can experience the power to overcome your greatest obstacle. So I want us to go verse by verse through this passage. There's so many amazing truths that God wants to speak to you through his word. He says in verse 43, and a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So this, greatest, or this woman's greatest obstacle was not the crowd that she had to push through to get to Jesus. Her greatest obstacle was this illness that she'd had for 12 years that was slowly killing her. She was sick and had been sick for quite some time. And she'd gone to doctor after doctor and nothing ever helped her. She was labeled incurable, terminal, a lost cause. She was also broke. She was destitute. She had spent all her money on doctors and trying to find medicines that would cure her and nothing had worked. And so here she was facing an obstacle she thought she would never get through. And when you've been living with something for 12 years and it's slowly killing you, you begin to doubt, can God break through this? Is there any hope? Is there any chance? I mean, it looked like a hopeless situation. She felt like this barrier that she was facing, she would never be able to get through. She was losing all her hope. So what's the greatest barrier you're facing today? What's that overwhelming problem that you feel like you'll never be able to get through? What is that hurt that you feel like you'll never be able to get over? What is that loss where you feel like you'll never be able to recover from this? This was a death blow. What is that barrier that you're facing today? Here's the good news. When your greatest barrier becomes too great for you to handle yourself, then the barrier between heaven and earth gets real thin. The ancient Celtic Christians called some places in Scotland, Ireland, and Wales thin places because they said the barrier between heaven and earth had gotten really thin in those places and that heaven was colliding with earth in those places. And they would see miracles happen there because people had been praying for years that heaven would come to earth in this place like Christ told us how to pray. That God's kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That some heaven would come to earth in this place. And so I don't know, I don't understand all about thin places, but I do believe Woodland's Church is a thin place because we prayed here for years like Christ has taught us how to pray. That heaven would come to this place. That heaven would come to earth here. And that's why we've seen so many lives change. This is a place where lives are changed because God is real and heaven comes to earth and changes lives. And healing takes place. Healing from brokenness, broken emotions, broken relationships, broken hearts, broken bodies. We've seen God transform lives here. I believe Woodland Church is a thin place. I don't know everything about thin places, but I know this for sure. The most powerful thin place of all is the heart of a person whose thick barrier of pride has been broken down and crumbled because they realized their greatest barrier was too great for them to overcome. And they had to give up control and reach out to touch heaven. That's where this woman was. I mean, she was at the end of her rope. She had tried everything. She had lost all hope. She'd been going through hell on earth and then she hears that heaven is coming to her town. Jesus is coming to her town. And for the first time in years, hope rises in her soul. Just a little bit of imperfect faith comes up in her heart. And she thinks, maybe if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, I'd be healed. And faith begins to rise 
in her heart and she makes her plan that she's gonna go out and risk it all to fight through that crowd to touch heaven. She's not gonna let anything hold her back. She's gonna touch heaven. And maybe you have just a little bit of faith right now, a little bit of imperfect faith. You're starting to lose hope because your greatest barrier is too great for you. I want you to know you're in a thin place. You're not in a hopeless place. You're in a thin place where the barrier between heaven and earth has grown real thin because the thick barrier of pride in your heart has crumbled, and so your heart is thin toward God. And I'm just telling you, at the end of your rope, all you have to do is reach out to touch heaven. When you're going through hell on earth, all you have to do is reach out and you experience heaven because heaven is passing by today. Heaven is here today. I don't care where you're at. Heaven is passing by today. Heaven is right next to you. If you're a Christ follower, heaven is in your heart. Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit is right there. And I'm just telling you, let hope rise in your heart. Let that little bit of imperfect faith take you to Jesus. Fight your way through the crowd of lies that Satan is telling you right now. Fight your way through the crowd of fears that are in your heart right now. Fight your way through the crowd of doubts that you're feeling right now. And you do anything that it takes, everything that it takes, and take your little bit of faith in your hand and touch heaven. And you'll experience that heaven has a healer and his name is Jesus. And so let's continue on because I want us to really dig in to this passage is we see that she starts to have a little bit of faith and, and she decides that she's gonna come up behind Jesus and she's gonna touch Jesus and it says in Luke 8, 44, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. She was healed. Now you have to understand this woman was not only considered incurable and destitute, she was also considered unclean. What I mean by that was in Jewish custom and, and law, because of her bleeding, she was considered unclean, and anyone she touched would be considered unclean, and anyone who touched her would be considered unclean. So this meant that she would have been ostracized by the community. She would have been put outside the city so that she wouldn't be able to bump into anyone and touch anyone and, and make them unclean. Everyone tried to avoid her. They rejected her. Can you imagine not feeling human touch ever again for the rest of your life? I mean, she hadn't felt human touch for 12 years. I mean, can you imagine never again feeling someone's arm around your shoulder and saying, hey, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna be here with you. Can you imagine never again having someone's encouraging hug, never again having someone hold your hand, never again having someone pat you on the back, never again having physical touch? I don't know for sure, but I just imagine her greatest fear was the fear of being alone. I imagine that her greatest fear was the fear of being all alone for the rest of her life and not accepted, not loved, not touched, not treasured. So what is your greatest fear? Is it the fear of failure? Is it the fear of loss? Is it the fear of the future? Is it the fear of death? Is it the fear of rejection? What is your greatest fear? You see, just the thought of one touch of heaven gave her the power to overcome her greatest fear. Think about it for a moment. Before she touched Jesus, think about what she had to go through. She just got up all the courage and the hope that she could muster 
And then she shoved aside all of her fear and shame and she stepped into the crowd that day and it was a huge crowd all along, all along the road, all around Christ, trying to get close to Jesus. And she goes into the crowd. I just imagine that she lowers her head and she raises up her coat so that people can't identify her because if they see that she's the unclean woman, they'd be horrified to know that she's touching them and she's rubbing shoulders with them, trying to get through the crowd. And, and there she fights her way through the crowd and it must have felt really overwhelming to have physical contact for the first time in 12 years but she didn't let anything stop her. She just did whatever it took. She kept fighting through the crowd, fighting through the crowd, fighting through the crowd until she got right there in front of the crowd, right behind Jesus in a scandalous act of faith. She reaches out and she touches the hem of his coat. She reached out and she touched the hem of heaven and she discovered that heaven has a healer. His name is Jesus Christ. And the healing of heaven came to her instantly. What a powerful thing. But I think many times we let a crowd of distractions or a crowd of fears, a crowd of doubts, keep us from pushing through to touch Jesus. I'm telling you, heaven is passing by. Heaven is here right now. This is your day. This is your time to touch heaven. I don't know what your greatest fear is, but a touch of heaven will give you the power to overcome your greatest fear. It'll give you the power to overcome your greatest obstacle. It'll give you the power to overcome your deepest hurt. And so Jesus healed her. He made her whole instantly. And now the miracle doesn't end there. I find it really interesting that the story doesn't end with her experiencing healing from heaven and feeling pain-free for the first time in her life. And she doesn't just fade back into the crowd and disappear with no one knowing. Her heart must have nearly stopped when Jesus stopped and he turned around and he asked her this, in verse 45, who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Peter said, there's no way to know everybody's touching you, pressing against you. The crowd and even the disciples didn't realize a miracle had just happened in their midst. And sometimes we don't realize when a miracle happens under our nose. You know, we get so caught up in the pain and problems and brokenness in this world and and all the things that come into our lives that are difficult, the trials, all the heartaches that come into our lives, we get so focused on that that sometimes we overlook all the miracles that God is doing in our lives. I really encourage you to do something that my wife did a long time ago. She got a miracle book. And Chris writes down little things, big things. Once you see God answers prayer, and when God answers prayer, write it down. And you see little miracles of God and little things to be so thankful. Write it down because there's so many huge things and then we forget them because we just focus in on the problems and the pain and the worries and the fears that we miss the miracles. There are miracles happening in your midst, but you may not realize it. No one knew that a miracle took place except for Jesus and this woman. Isn't that amazing? But what an incredible God we have that God notices and responds when one of his children reaches out with a little bit of faith and touches heaven. Without a word being spoken, without any fanfare, God knew and he responded to this woman's deepest hurt and need and he brought the healing of heaven into her life. And even though her bleeding had stopped, the woman still would have been considered unclean according to Jewish law until she'd gone through the elaborate ceremonial washing 
and the ritual prescribed by Jewish law. But right after she was healed, Jesus immediately calls for the woman as if to say, there's never a time when you cannot approach me and touch me. No one is too unclean to come to me and touch heaven and experience my grace and forgiveness and cleansing. I love that. I mean, I'm sure as soon as people recognized who she was, oh, wow, did I touch her? And Jesus was saying, it's not about what's on the outside. It's not about all the rules and rituals. It's about cleansing on the inside. So do you feel too unclean for a miracle? Do you feel like you don't deserve a miracle of God? Do you feel too unclean to touch heaven because of your guilt and sins and shame? Jesus said, you can never be too unclean to come to me. I love you just the way you are. And if you'll come to me just the way you are, I'll cleanse you and I'll change you. I'll give you my forgiveness that you can never earn or deserve. And so maybe you're thinking, I don't really deserve a miracle. I need to clean up my act first. No, you touch heaven and let him cleanse you. You can never be too unclean to come to Christ and to touch heaven in his forgiveness. There's never a time when you cannot turn to God and touch heaven and receive his forgiveness when your heart is thin and your pride has crumbled and the Holy Spirit is pulling you. It's time to touch heaven. And you watch what God does. When you get a touch of heaven, everything changes. You'll never be the same again. When you get one touch of heaven, everything changes in your life. Your desires start to change. Your motivation starts to change. You see things in a whole new way. You start seeing things that you thought were right side up, but they're upside down. You see, see things you thought were upside down, but they're right side up. You see the, whole, the world in a whole different way. You see people with new eyes and a new heart. And so this woman was changed completely because she experienced heaven. Look at this next verse, though, in verse 46. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Underline the phrase, someone touched me. He was saying someone reached out with a little bit of faith and touched me and experienced my healing from heaven in their life. Someone at the end of the rope reached out and let me rescue them. Someone who felt like they were losing the battle and it was almost over with reached out and experienced my victory because of my power. Someone who had no hope reached out to me and find true hope as I filled them up with my strength. Someone who felt like it was all over and done now has a new beginning because of my strength. Someone who had been walking through hell on earth just reached out and touched heaven and experienced the healing of heaven. And Jesus knew that it was the woman who'd been healed. And the woman knew that Jesus knew. So she came forward. Jesus just wanted her to tell the crowd what he had done for her. And she did that in verse 47. It says, then the woman, seeing she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. Underline that phrase, seeing that she could not go unnoticed. I love that. Unnoticed by whom? The crowd? No, I mean, the crowd didn't notice her. They never noticed her. They never noticed the hurt and the pain that she was going through. They never noticed the rejection that she'd experienced from them. They never noticed her. She was invisible to them. To go unnoticed by whom? By Jesus. She went unnoticed for years by the crowd, but she couldn't go unnoticed by Jesus because he knew her, he knew what she was going through, he knew what she needed, and he had the power from heaven to give that to her. 
And just in faith, she reached out and she prayed without saying a word. She prayed without any big celebration or any crying out. She just prayed by reaching out and touching the hem of heaven and she was healed. And you cannot go unnoticed by God. The king of heaven notices everything you go through and he cares and he loves you. Maybe no one else around you knows the pain you're going through. Maybe no one else around you understands the deep wounds that you carry in your heart. Maybe no one else knows the anxiety that you're facing right now. No one else knows that depression you're going through. No one else knows the sins that you're struggling with. No one else knows, but God knows. You will not go unnoticed by God, and he cares about you, and he loves you. And not only does he care, but he has the power from heaven to heal you. She did not go unnoticed by her king. And I love how the story ends in verse 48. Then Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You know, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus said, the way you're to pray is our Father. Yes, he's the king of the universe. Yes, he's the king of kings and lord of lords, but he's also your daddy if you're a Christ follower. And you can come to him as a son or daughter of the king anytime, go into his throne room, and you can pray for heaven to come to earth in your life. He always has time for you. He's never too busy for you. He's still the king of kings, all-powerful, the lord of lords, but when you let him be king in your life, he also becomes your daddy God, and you can call him daddy, and he calls her daughter. You're my daughter. I care about you. Come to me anytime. I'm never too busy for you. You can touch heaven anytime. I'm right here for you. I love that. So I want to say to you today, God asks you to reach out anytime, just to reach out in prayer and ask him for what you need. Say, Daddy God, I need you to bring some heaven to earth in Jesus' name. We're gonna have our prayer teams at the end of this service out at the prayer fountain again, and that's a really thin place. Our pastors, our prayer teams will be out there, and we want you to do whatever it takes at the end of this service to fight through all the obligations that you have, to fight through all the crowded schedule that you have, to fight through the crowd of distractions, to fight through the crowd of wanting to hurry out of here. Fight through the crowd and go out there and ask them to pray for you. Humble yourself and ask them to pray for you because heaven's coming to earth this weekend. Heaven's been coming to earth all weekend. Heaven is here right now. Heaven is passing through at this moment. I want you to look at this last verse, Isaiah 55, 6. It says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call upon him now while he is near. That tells me that you don't get to choose when God is near. And whenever he's near, when heaven is passing by, then you have to reach out and touch heaven when heaven's passing by. What if this woman would have said, it's too crowded today. I'm gonna wait until the crowds kind of die out. Then I'm gonna go to Jesus. She may have never had her chance to touch the hymn of heaven. Some people say to me at times, Carrie, I know that what you're saying is right, but I'm having too much fun partying it up right now. But I'll get saved when I get a little older. But right now I'm living it up. I always think, you don't know that. First, you don't know if you'll have another day. None of us do. But secondly, you can't come to Christ anytime you want to. You can only come to Christ when he draws you through his Holy Spirit, when heaven is passing by, when he's knocking on the door of your heart and the more you reject him over and over and over again, then the fewer and farther between those knocks come on your heart. Heaven is knocking on the door of your heart, but you have to open up the door and you can only open up the door when he knocks. And there could be a time where the Holy Spirit stops knocking. 
a time when heaven no longer passes by and you no longer have any desire whatsoever to trust Christ. You can't come to Christ whenever you want. You can only come to Christ when he draws you. And right now, heaven is passing by. Heaven is passing by, but you may have to fight through the crowd to touch heaven. You may have to fight through your doubts and your fears to touch heaven, but heaven is passing by today, and today is the day you know you have. Today is the day of salvation, God says. Will you reach out and will you touch heaven? Today is your day. Heaven is passing by. Heaven is here right now, but you gotta reach out and touch heaven. You've got to admit that you need him. You've got to realize your greatest obstacle is greater than you can handle. And you've got to give up control and reach out and touch heaven and give heaven a chance. Give God a chance to bring some heaven to earth in your life. I want us to stand right now and I want us to sing because it's been amazing what God's been doing this weekend. As Jesus Christ is here through his Holy Spirit, heaven is here. And he wants to bring some heaven into your life, your relationships, your home, your heart. He wants to heal you at your deepest brokenness in your life. He wants to bring healing and strength, and we've seen that all weekend. And, and we're going to sing a song called The Touch of Heaven. And while we sing, would you just let this be your prayer that God would touch you? You may have to let go of some fears. You may have to push through some doubts, but you just reach out somewhere in this song. Just reach out and just touch heaven and just say, Jesus, King of Kings, Daddy God, I need you. And just in your heart, just tell him your need. And touch heaven today. He wants to bring heaven to earth in your life. Let him rule in your life. He wants to bring the peace of heaven, but he can only do that when you let the Prince of Peace rule in your heart. There'll never be peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace rules and reigns on this earth. There'll never be peace in your heart until the Prince of Peace is king of your heart. There'll never be peace in your marriage, in your relationships, in your home until the Prince of Peace is the king of your home. And so today, make that choice and just reach out and touch heaven. Just reach out and touch heaven as we sing. Let go of your fears. And with the imperfect faith you have, reach out and touch heaven. And let heaven touch you. And you'll find that his name is Jesus Christ. Let's sing. Let's pray. King of kings, king of the universe, king of Almighty God, Father God, Daddy God, we come to you right now and we just reach out and we thank you that you're right here and we touch heaven because of you and we ask you to bring heaven to earth. Bring, Lord, the blessings of heaven, healing of heaven, the peace of heaven, the joy of heaven into our hearts right now and into this place and into the homes of everyone watching, into... Lord Jesus, every place. And I just pray, Lord, right now that you would bring healing to broken hearts and broken lives. King of heaven, Daddy God, we ask you to heal our brokenness and make us whole. We pray that you would bring healing to relationships and marriages and families. We pray that you'd bring heaven to earth that would just pour down upon us, Lord, so we can experience you and your love for us. And I pray for those who've never received you. They've never experienced a touch of heaven that right now they would pray this prayer to you, God, silently. As if they're the only one in this place. They would say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die for me. 
Jesus, I accept you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and I'm tired of trying to do everything on my own so I just reach out and I ask you to change me from the inside out, to forgive me of all my sins, to be the king of my heart and life and I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. And Lord, I pray during our prayer time out here at the prayer fountain that you would just work miracles for your glory, that you'd let people know how real and powerful you are and how much you love them. Bring heaven to earth, Lord, for your glory. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. God bless you, Woodland Church. As you walk out today, thank the Lord that he is real and that he loves you and he has a plan and purpose for your life. And do whatever you gotta do to go out and ask someone to pray for you. God bless you. We love you. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.